Welcome again to another Press On podcast. I'm so very grateful for you to join me today. Recently, I attended the wedding of my youngest son, youngest of three sons, and who is the youngest of my six children. And as uh, going through this wedding, uh, you know all of the um, activities of a, of a wedding, I just began to ponder on uh, and reflect back, I think, about my role as a father, having six children, uh, three boys, three girls, uh, has uh, obviously occupied much of my time for the last couple of decades or more, but it's been a, a tremendous blessing. It, and in reflection of the wedding and it being my youngest son, uh, I was just so very grateful as I contemplated uh, how God really supernaturally, I think, brought me through the raising of these children into uh, adulthood. And now, of course, with 10 grandchildren, I'm so very blessed. But I, wanna, I want to bring to you some thoughts that I had in regards to the biblical qualities of a Christian father. These are qualities that I would say by faith or, uh, have been in my life and are still there. Uh, that have been uh, exhibited over uh, the decades of raising these children. But uh, I, I, I really want to try to encourage uh, fathers today, and uh, not to be discriminatory uh, that I'm not saying qualities of a mother, but if any mothers are listening today, I want you to know that these are qualities that I'm sure you want to see uh, and probably do see uh, largely in the lives of your Christian husbands. If by chance you're listening or watching and you say, but my husband is not a Christian, uh, I want you to know that these are qualities uh, that in, in some ways you can see in the natural man, but these are qualities, my friend, that you can pray and ask God to bring about into the life of your husband. Uh, no doubt the father needs them in, their, in his life. The mother needs to see it in the father and the husband. The children need to see it. So let's begin by, by uh, listening to a uh, quote that I found that the late Reverend uh, Billy Graham, you know, the, known as America's preacher, he said that a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our societies. And I think you could join me in, in saying amen to that. Uh, and there, there are so many good qualities of a Christian father that we can find in the Bible that obviously the few that I'm bringing to you today are not going to be exhaustive, but they're ones that, uh, I don't know, sort of ring true in my own heart as I reflected back, as I said, uh, about the task of being a father and the responsibility in the roles of a father. So I want to start with the first one, which uh, you might say, well, that's obvious, and that is simply a father must be present. Uh, we, we have to start with the simple idea that a father must be present in the home. Now, I obviously don't mean just you know sleeping in the bed and leaving the next day for work. I mean having an active role. In traditional times and from a biblical worldview, uh, a, a home would be clearly defined as two parents, a mother and a father. And both roles uh, are considered equal and uh, are vital, uh, but they fulfill uh, different purposes in the home, uh, specifically in the raising of children. So in our world today, the setting is 
being greatly modified, as you know, and statistics are stating that the percentages of homes without a father present is growing. And unfortunately, it's growing at an exponential rate. And and most times, homes where a father is not present, and I mean, again, in the sense of being there for the mother, being there for the children, investing time, putting forth effort into the raising of the children, there's devastating results in that home. It takes time. It takes interest. Uh, it takes engagement that a father invest in the home to greatly enhance the overall success of children. Uh, children need a father present. They need his touch. They need father's understanding. Uh, they need him to be visible and active with them in the everyday activities in order to know and have assurance uh, of who they are and what they have potential to become. Uh, it's a role model. Now, Ephesians chapter 6 speaks to us very clearly and just simply says to the children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is right in our lives. It's right in the sight of God. It says to honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long upon the earth. That's a tremendous uh, role for a, for a child to play. A child has responsibilities, and a father needs to be present in order to teach that child his responsibilities, hold them accountable, and to, to, to see them grow in that atmosphere of love and, and, um, and uh, to, to mature with the father there. And it says, you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but listen, fathers, to bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Fathers, you cannot train your children up in the, in the Lord and in the admonition of the Lord if you're not there. You can't, you can't lay this responsibility solely upon the shoulders of a mother. A father needs to stand up, be there, be present. Paul told Timothy in chapter 1, verses, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, if anyone doesn't provide for his own, and especially those of his own household, uh, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. It's more than just saying you're going to work providing the funds to, to buy the essentials of life. Of course, you, a father's role is to do that. But a father has to be present, in, especially for those of his household, in order to invest and provide for them the things that they need. That takes being present. Of course, we have many spiritual admonitions about fathers, but many studies outside of the Scriptures show that fatherhood has been linked to better outcomes uh, on nearly every measure of child well-being. A father has to be present. So the second thing is a father needs to love God and love others. And I put them right together because it's impossible to truly love others without the love of God. Now, there is a natural love that all of us as parents have uh, for our child. It's part of our DNA. In the animal kingdom, it's the same way. Parents, uh, uh, they have uh, a love and a sense of care and responsibility for their children. I think this takes it a step further because the true love of God is a love that is sacrificial, a love that uh, responds to not only to a heart that responds to God, but in response to God, we then are able to fully respond to the needs of the children. 
uh, and a spiritual need cannot be met by a natural source. It has to be supernatural. It has to be spiritual. So for fathers, we need to love God and love others. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets uh, between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What a great passage to love God with everything that you are, because as you love your child, it's going to require everything you are uh, to uh, be successful in that task. Oh, fathers, how I encourage you that your time with God, your time in the Word, your time with prayer is not just for you. Uh, What your wife gets, what your children gets, this loving others, is an outflow of your love for Christ. Every moment you spend with Christ, every hour you invest in spiritual disciplines to, to, to uh, strengthen yourself in the Lord will overflow into the lives of your children. And here, at the key word, I think, is diligently. We have to diligently pursue Christ to love God so that we can diligently serve and love our children. Uh, the, the parents are instructed. It's a command that we're to teach the children God's laws. You, you, you heard it in that. The biblical connection of loving and also teaching the law reflects the need for an earthly father for, for ourselves, but also to provide the children a tangible expression of our heavenly father. And one of the most important responsibilities of loving others in the home starts Husbands, loving your wives. We're to love uh, the mother of our children. Children so need to see that. They need to see touch. They need to see loving words. They need to see forgiveness and sacrifice happening in real time. Uh, That speaks and teaches so much to the children. So the spiritual life of the father, as I said, overflows into the spiritual uh, nurturing of our children. This promise in this chapter is that there's long life uh, to the children when they obey uh, and also the blessings that parents have as we love God and love our children and teach them to learn to obey and to trust God. Uh, One of the responsibilities included in this uh, dynamics of loving God and loving others is that a father needs to take the lead in taking the family to church. Oh, my how many fathers today uh, may send the children with the mother, but they stay home? Fathers, don't let this be laid to your account. Step up. Take the lead. Take your family to church. The children need to see father, mother, families uh, serving God, loving God, pursuing God, being taught the things of God in the, in the context of community. Because what you live in the home is going to be lived in the public. Private becomes public. You know this. So I'm encouraging you in this way to, to really press in to love God and love others. Next is uh, to be a mentor. This is the third biblical uh, quality that I'd like to share. Proverbs 22.6 says that we're to train up a child in the way he should go, 
and when he's old, he will not depart from it. To train up a child. I can't uh, ever say the word train without thinking about training. And when I think of training, I'm always thinking about in the athletic uh, context, I think. But this is really it. It is being a mentor that includes uh, verbal messaging uh, to instruct the children, but also uh, physical modeling. Uh, we have to apply ourselves. Titus chapter 2, verse 2 says that older men are to be temperate, uh, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, love, and perseverance. And this, these are speaking to qualities uh, because the, those internal uh, character qualities uh, is what you're going to live out in front of your children. If somebody who wasn't a family member came in to live with you and they lived in your home and they just observed, what would they observe in your life? Because in private, we sometimes, as we say, we let our hair down. That's the real us. Uh, what would they see? Titus says these are some very important characteristics we, ha we should have in our lives as fathers because the children are going to be looking, they're going to be learning, and they're going to be modeling what you model. They're going to be and do what fathers uh, are and what they do. Uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, Joshua said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Fathers, you've got to make a firm decision. And I know as a father that you fathers who may be listening and, and younger men, maybe you're married with no kids, you can still learn that you have to apply yourself. You have to make the decision that I'm going to pursue Christ. I'm going to press in. I'm going to let character in the home be exactly what my action is in the public uh, arena. And uh, by making that decision, children will desire and they, they will see things of value and importance, even necessities that they will uh, want because they see it modeled and messaged by their fathers. Mentoring the spiritual lives of our children will set them up for understanding their need for salvation, their need for a surrendered life, and, and of course, maturing into godly adults themselves. Next is to be patient. Oh my, Ephesians 6 verse 4, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Bring them up in the training. Uh, along with mentoring, it requires tremendous patience to train a child in the right way. And, you know, I was not uh, initially, I'm going to say I was not blessed with a lot of patience. Uh, I learned patience, and I pursued patience, and I pray you will too, because patience in the Bible most often speaks of endurance and perseverance. Uh, and uh, listen, perseverance and endurance is obviously going to be required in the raising up of any child or any group of children, but especially if you set them to to be raised up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. All the gates of hell, all the powers of darkness are going to set themselves against you because they don't want warriors growing up for Christ. The Bible says the children are a blessing. They're a reward from the Lord. They're like arrows uh, uh, in the quiver of a godly man. And so there's going to be a tremendous onslaught against fathers. You know that's happening uh, even now. So we need to be patient. Fathers, we must exhibit the, the marathon mentality and modeling to our children. This is not a quick fix. This is not a short sprint. 
long time. Do not provoke or frustrate your children by unreasonable demands that are often based in the idea of instant maturity, where we where we're 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 looking at the pers- from the perspective of a mature adult. Fathers, we've got to remember our children are being molded. They're still growing, and we have to give them time. We're not to fr- uh, frustrate them and provoke them, but rather to understand that learning takes time, and, and we have to realize also that every child is different and will require different approaches. And when you're trying to do one approach here and another approach there, and then you're trying to listen, you're trying to speak, you're trying to... <laughs> You listen, we have to be patient. This is, a, this is down the long haul, right? We've got a long ways to go, and uh, we have to remember that. And Psalms 103, one, uh, verse 13 says that patience is most often shown by being compassionate. Patience is compassion. Remember that, dads. Next would be that fathers, of course, need to be good workers. I won't spend a lot of time on this. I think that we know from Genesis 2, God placed man in the garden. He was to work. From his work, he was supposed to eat, the success of that. But being a good worker, whether that's a faithful employer or an employee, is obviously to provide for the practical needs of the family. But children need to see a dad who takes the needs of the family serious and is consistent and is faithful to work and, and to come home and make provisions for them. They need to see uh, that kind of love and care and concern being lived out in realities. Uh, we need to be good workers. Proverbs 18 verse 9 says that whoever is slothful in his work is a brother to him who's a destroyer. Fathers, don't be slothful. Don't make excuses. Don't use up all of your uh, time off from work to pursue your own pleasures. Uh, work hard, work faithfully, bring home the bacon, provide for the children, take care of the mother. Let the children see what it is to work with your own hands, to be blessed of God. And uh, that, that uh, to, if we don't do that uh, and we don't work as unto God, it may result in the demise of the children. They themselves will, will see how you are working or not working. And it will speak to them, and it can set up barriers in their lives. Next, I'd like to speak about being uh, sober. Now, obviously, I mean, literally, obviously, it means we can say not to go around being drunk. But I think that this, uh, while it applies to some, uh, not likely to, 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 to the majority, it literally means, though, to be self-controlled. First Timothy 3.2 speaks of this, that we should be sober. And in this context, it's speaking... Uh, to to the character of those who wanted to be or are leaders, but it's not exclusive to a position. So don't think that you get a uh, uh, you get the day off on this. To be sober is meaning to describe the man. It really means to say a man who is self controlled, who lives life on an even keel. For fathers to be successful in raising children, we have to remain calm and even tempered. It doesn't mean that things won't bother you. Of course, they will. But we can't go around having uh, displays of extreme emotions and be, seem to be emotionally unstable. We, we can't have knee-jerk reactions. We have to be fathers who live day by day with limitations so that we can display wisdom, maturity, and even self-sacrifice. Uh, and, and 
fathers, if we can live under the control of the Holy Spirit in agreement with the Scriptures, it'll speak and show children so much how they themselves are going to have to conduct themselves in the world. Next is to be blameless. And Philippians 2.15 says that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. What a, what a great characteristic for us to have. Blameless doesn't mean that we've never done wrong. It doesn't mean that you've never failed. But it means that even in light of failures, you've used those to your advantage, and you strive to live overall within the biblical guidelines. Fathers, to be blameless means you have more successes than f- failures. You're, you're living in such a way that if or when accusations come against you, that you, you wouldn't have people immediately assume they're true. Because the character of a blameless father is one who's seeking to live above reproach, uh, wanting to allow God's standards of righteousness to be our lifestyle. Uh, a father living this way will largely determine the atmosphere in the home. You're striving to be blameless. You're striving to do what is right in the sight of the Lord. You're striving and praying and entertaining every option you can to, to message and model righteousness in the home. And a man who people can trust because they don't see fault in your character will make you a powerful uh, father where those little eyes and little ears and hearts are looking and listening and learning to trust you as a father. Uh, the last two that I want to speak of briefly is being worthy of respect. Timothy, again, 1 Timothy 3, 7. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. This is closely related to, I think, to uh, uh, number seven, the being blameless, because this passage seems to be pointing uh, to being a man and a father whom others outside the home respect. It, it takes character for people to give you respect. You don't just get it. You have to earn respect. And uh, these characteristics uh, that you're, you're getting respect from others outside, as we said before, it begins in the home. How you live privately is how you're going to live publicly. And it's in the freedom of your privacy that you can work on these characteristics. And uh, uh, being living in the home with respect, giving respect to mother, giving respect to your children. Uh, uh, They learn to give respect back to you. Uh, Of course, children are to honor and uh, obey their parents, um, and this itself is an idea of being respectful. If they honor and love you, they'll be respectful. But fathers, you've got to also earn the respect from your children. There's some respect that you get because of your position, but to try to live in that way, taking only positional uh, respect, won't, won't cut it. Uh, if we as fathers lack a good testimony outside, and I mean like a godly reputation among non-family members, uh, it places the father, it places us and the home that we are trying to lead right into the crosshairs of Satan and can end in destruction. Remember, the Scripture says you fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. All right. Lastly, here is to be content. 1 Timothy 6, 6-11 speaks about godliness with contentment 
is great gain. Uh, and those that desire to be rich, those that desire to accumulate, uh, uh, following after money, uh, will, from, because of that, some have strayed from the faith, uh, and they've pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, man of God, father of God, uh, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. For fathers, I think there's always a challenge that's related to money and uh, possessions. Fathers, we can go on one side, we can be a workaholic uh, and be consumed by trying to uh, seek or, or, or gain possessions. Sometimes possessions tend to speak to our identity. That's an unfortunate thing. Uh, but we, we have to remember that we have to be content. Be content with what you have. Be content with where you are in life. I, I remember uh, as I was raising the, the children, uh, of course, I didn't raise them alone. I, I worked like you're working and had a mother in the home. But I remember that sometime outsiders, as men, we'd begin talking, what do you do uh, for recreation? What's your hobby? And I always replied, my hobby is my children because that was honestly the truth. Uh, I couldn't afford time or money for hunting and fishing and camping and whatever else. Uh, six children, it took a lot. Uh, and the, the, I was more willing to make all my investments into the development, de, I'm sorry, into the development of my children. And uh, a godly father's focus should be on godliness and on training the children and, and really, it's not the time to pursue financial gain and to uh, uh, an ever-increasing amount of toys. Uh, I'm not saying, obviously, you can't have any, uh, but uh, to, to be content with where we're at in life, that we're fathers, we have a great responsibility, and it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time. All right, I want to wrap up then here with this, and I know I've gone a few minutes longer than normal, but I, I really felt like this was so important for fathers. And I put this last, but not because it is last. Uh, that is to manifest or reveal, to show the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, that lists the fruits of the Spirit. As Christian fathers, uh, we must be controlled by the Holy Spirit. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to show Christ's work in our lives by having these spiritual fruits in our lives. They're the, it's the character. Notice the wording uh, is there that the fruit of the Spirit, meaning that the, the Spirit is going to produce that. This is not something you can do simply by human effort try harder, pull up the bootstraps. It does take, of course, decision-making. It takes maturity. But the fruit of the Spirit uh, is, is something that's in us that's produced by the Holy Spirit. It comes to pass in us. Of course, we have to cooperate. I like to say that the root is submission and obedience to God. The more in our hearts we're submissive and obedience to God, that's the root that the Spirit then produces the fruit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and so forth. Every father should be consistent in your spiritual disciplines. We, uh, we have to know Christ. We have to position ourselves where the Holy Spirit is free to, promote, uh, to move and produce in us the character of Christ. 
The saying goes, as it goes with the Father, so it will go with the family. Fathers, we need a divine impartation of these godly characteristics to empower us every single day to be what God has called us to be and to do what God has called us to do, and that is to raise godly children, uh, and it's God's will that we succeed. I know, Father, sometimes we think that we're never going to get there, that it's just impossible. It requires too much. But God's will is that you succeed in fatherhood. And the raising of children in the fear of the Lord, where they can and they will grow up, who knows that your child, my child, God's going to use to be a world changer. Uh, And if not a world changer, they'll be a world uh, influencer uh, in their generation. So I pray that this has encouraged you as fathers. uh, And uh, until next time, I ask the Lord to richly bless you.